0: Off the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three, it's good, with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores, J.D. Page. Or Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown, Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dump. Here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt. He's at the five, touchdown Colorado State! And obviously they're an elite defensive team I think that you know um, they really ramped up their defensive intensity I thought you know we kind of struggled to execute at times maybe a couple of key turnovers and they got shot makers you know I thought we did a really nice job defensively tonight I think the numbers proved that out uh, but just in that stretch we just weren't able to capitalize and I thought down the stretch we had a couple of really good looks for some really good shooters that didn't go in you know that's basketball they just made a couple more plays than we did think coach I mean, starts have been like a little bit of an issue the past four games this is the first game that you've taken a lead in the locker room in the past four obviously not a great start going down 9-2 but great response after that yeah I mean it wasn't but I mean but yeah absolutely but they had a center hadn't made a three all year drills at the men's basketball you know I, I thought our guys played really well and we just came bouncing right back and I thought we played terrific in the first half. I thought we responded to everything that they, that they threw at us. And for that matter, I thought we responded the, the whole game. And um, I told our guys, I'm like, you know, I, I don't believe and I never will believe in moral victories. Heck no, we, we had, this was right there for us to win. But what I really do believe in is the team. And I, I just believe in these guys and how they've continued to grow. We got a lot of young guys out there. And I kind of think back, you know, we played at Duke the first game of the year. And I keep thinking as I've watched these young guys grow throughout the season. I th- maybe if, if that experience kind of helped them here uh, 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 tonight. But disappointing, boy. I thought we really had a chance here here tonight. It was right there and just came up a little short.
1: So 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 close. Almost almost <laughs> the greatest upset in the history of Colorado State men's basketball. Ultimately, the Rams ended up falling short, sixty six to sixty, at Viejas Arena Tuesday night. San Diego State lives to fight another day. We are going to talk about kind of what happened and, you know, what the implications of this game are moving forward. Ultimately, this pretty much assures that CSU is not going to get a bye. We'll have to see. I mean, technically, we have to let this week play out, and we'll talk about that and more. But before we jump into this San Diego State game, we should mention the DNVR Rams podcast is presented by Bojo's Pizza. There is only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. It's your favorite locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's Pizza. Right now, all you have to do is mention DNVR and get a free honey cheese bread with the purchase of any entree. You heard me right. This is free of charge. All you got to do, tell them DNVR sent you, buy yourself a pizza, and you're going to get that free honey cheesy bread. This is a must-have deal. If you're from Colorado, you know. Bojos is where it's at. That was Nico Medved post-game talking about what just kind of went wrong for the Rams down the stretch. Obviously, a really competitive game. This was a a game that CSU had, you know, every chance in the world to win. They led for 25 minutes. They out-rebounded them. The bench played really well in the first half. I actually thought... A couple of those guys could have you deserved a, a few more minutes in the second half. Deshaun Thomas in particular, I know he had he had four fouls, so it was it was kind of a tough situation. He was he looked really, really good on offense, hit two threes. That's something that we've seen him do in practice, but haven't really, you know, seen him pull out of the bag in a game scenario yet. So to see him shoot the ball confidently, I thought that was a, a an encouraging sign, especially You know, coming into the game cold, it kind of looked like the Rams were in a situation where they were going to have another slow start. I mean, they go down, I believe it was 11-2 early, so it didn't look like things were going to go well. And then all of a sudden the Rams just, they vamped it up and they ended up really closing that first half strong. Probably some of the better team basketball that CSU's played this season, especially especially on the defensive end. They just did a really good job of, of getting back on defense, of contesting jump shots, of not allowing the Aztecs to get in the paint. I did feel like San Diego State, to an extent, settled a little bit at times. I don't really think they forced the issue, but definitely credit to the big men in particular for keeping the paint clear, for giving CSU a chance in this game. The guards, I mean, ev- everybody played really, really hard. There were there were some frustrating moments. I thought there were some really sloppy, unchar- uncharacteristic turnovers at, at times, but overall this was, it was great fight. You just, you could knock down some jump shots in the end. And you know, there are going to be games like that. What what really stings from CSU's perspective is you pretty much did almost everything that you needed to do to win this game. I mean, you hold Malachi Flynn to no field goals until like, I think it was like the 1450 mark of the of the second half. Dude's been lighting everybody's ass up all season. I mean, he made three threes down the stretch, which were they were huge, so he he still ended up coming up clutch for them in the end. But for a lot of this game, you know, they really contained him. They didn't let him be the guy that was gonna beat him. Matt Mitchell was able to kind of do his thing because of it. But I think if you are CSU, you can live with that. I mean, Mitchell's a great player, but Flynn is pretty much the front runner for for Mountain West Player of the Year. So for CSU to contain him, I thought that was a, an encouraging sign because when you've seen the Rams go up against elite scores this season, it's it's kind of been an issue. I mean, especially especially in conference play, you look at Fresno State, Utah State, Nevada, they've all had people go off for thirty plus against CSU. That's concerning because, you know, like in a in a Mountain West tournament type scenario, you might just have to lock somebody down because, you know, somebody like Sam Merrill is just absolutely going off or or Jalen Harris for the Wolfpack is just absolutely going off. So to see the Rams kind of have an answer for Malachi, I thought that was at least encouraging. I mean, he he missed a couple of open jump shots, but ultimately, ultimately, I thought the Rams did you know a pretty good job with him. And on top of that, you you win the rebounding battle. It wasn't like UNLV. UNLV absolutely punked CSU down low. It wasn't like that. The Rams kind of controlled the paint, both offensively and defensively, and they did, and they did a good job of of following it up with rebounds. Unfortunately, just. On the other end, you know, on the offensive end, CSU just couldn't buy a bucket down the stretch. They missed a ton of open jump shots. It's not like they were I, there were a couple of them that that really forced. I felt like Isaiah with about 14 seconds left, Isaiah Stevens jacked up a three. I feel like they they could have, you know, benefited from trying trying to work the ball a little bit more, something like that. I get that in that scenario, they're just they're just trying to do anything they could at that point. You know, they were already one of nine. For the half, so it just wasn't their night from three-point range. It felt a lot like, you know, November when CSU really struggled to shoot the basketball. That hasn't really been an issue for the Rams in conference play. They've actually, in terms of the numbers, been one of the more consistent three-point shooting teams around the league. But when they needed a three-most against San Diego State, it just, it wasn't falling and, and they weren't able to get the ball down low. You saw San Diego State down the stretch. They really, really turned up the pressure on defense. I, I was quite impressed with their transition defense. I was I was impressed with their half-court defense as well. I mean, they had a hand in people's face, they were playing man-to-man defense, really aggressive, but they weren't fouling. It was smart. They looked like a team that knew how to win down the stretch. If you watch that UNLV game, I felt like San Diego State, you know, they played with urgency, but they played rushed and panicked. And that's not how they played against CSU. Even when they were down. They just kept, you know, sticking to their game, kept looking to get those jump shots. And eventually they just hit a couple of them. It wasn't like they had a tremendous night from the three-point arc or anything like that as a team. They only shot 33%. They put up a whole lot of them, 11 to 33, but you know, it it was just one of those nights. The shots didn't fall. I saw a lot of criticism for Adam Thistlewood. I know he went 0 of 5 from three-point range. I've had some people reach out to me and and say so he's been struggling and, you know, he's been a little hot and cold in terms of the shooting numbers. So I do get that, but I'm just not worried about him. He's a guy that does all the right things in practice. You know, the ability is there in terms of just pure jump shooting abilities. He is absolutely the best three point shooter on the team. You want this guy shooting the ball. You want him taking those attempts. I'm not worried about it. Sometimes they fall. Sometimes they don't. That's just it is what it is, you know? If he was a guy that was jacking up bad shots or, or playing out of the offense or something like that, maybe I'd be a little bit more concerned, but just watch him man. watch the way he moves when he doesn't have the ball, watch the way he cuts. And when he does, you know, when he does decide to take a jump shot, it's 9.9 times out of 10, it's the right call. So, you know, I get that he, he had an off night and it, it did hurt CSU in this game, but nobody had it from three, you know? It just—it was one of those games where the shots just weren't falling. So I can't put this on Adam. I don't think you should as either. I did—I did want to address that though because I just had, you know, like three or four different people reach out to me and be like, "What? You know, what's going on with Thistlewood? He's gonna be fine. I—I I promise you, he's gonna be fine. He's a guy that does all the right things. He's a very talented basketball player. And if C S U is gonna make any kind of noise in Vegas. I can pretty much guarantee that Thistlewood has to make an impact. He's he's a guy that has to score. He's a super competitive dude. I bet you in the locker room after the game, he had his head down and and was probably, you know, pretty frustrated with his showing. But I can also say with a lot of confidence, you know, I wasn't there, I don't want to misspeak, but just having been around the team all season and and knowing how this works, I would say that I bet you the assistants and Nico, you know what they probably told him? Keep shooting keep shooting, because that's what they've told him for the last two years. Keep shooting. And that's what Adam's going to have to do. And ultimately, he's going to be fine. It's not going to be a big deal. But I just wanted to address that. So before we talk uh, more a little bit about this game, here's some audio from Nico Carvacho. By the way, I should shout out Ethan Bird, DNVR intern. He was out there for CTV Sports, the student TV production team, make sure you check out their coverage of the games as well. As you all know, I am a Rocky Mountain student media alum. I worked for the Collegian the Collegian CTV and KCSU, the radio. They're one big happy family. So I've got a lot of love for them. He was at the game for CTV, was a homie and sent us some audio from both Nico Medved and Nico Carvacho that we could use for this podcast. I am hopefully going to get him on later this week because I want to talk to him just kind of what the experience in San Diego was like, Viejas, one of the better environments in college basketball right now. So just want to hear his perspective and, and whether he feels like Moby can ever get to that point. And all that fun stuff. So, thank you to Ethan for getting us that audio. But also, it's time to shout out Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Last night was a road game. I was not there, unfortunately. Really had some FOMO, <laughs> to be honest, when it looked like CSU had the potential to win that game. I was like, ah, oh, really wish I was there. But the benefit, of course, was I got to hang out at home, crack open a couple of cold ones. I knew I wanted some Breck brews. I wasn't sure what exactly I wanted to go with. Did I want to? go with the Strawberry Sky? Did I want to go with the Colorado Core? I wasn't sure what the liquor store near me was going to have, if they'd even have either of those options. They're a little bit more obscure. What I do, I hopped on the Breck Beer Locator, found the closest liquor store near me that had what I wanted. This takes all of the inconvenience out of beer shopping. I'm telling you, this is a lifesaver. No longer do you have to awkwardly pace the aisles. Do that thing where, you know, the liquor store employee walks past you. Can I help you? No, man, I'm just browsing. I have no idea what I'm doing here. None of that. Get rid of all of it. Take all the inconvenience out of beer buying, out of beer shopping, I should say, with the Breck Beer Locator. All right, moving on with the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza, we are going to get some audio from Nico Carvacho just talking about the uh, the fight that the Rams showed, and you know I, I I was appreciative, like I said, of Ethan getting us that audio. Always appreciative of Nico taking the time to talk to the media. He's always a first class dude, even when you know the game doesn't go CSU's ways. Some guys, you know, they're up, they're down. If they win, they're a great quote. If they lose, they just kind of get pouty. Nico's never really been that guy. I mean, you can tell that it matters to him. He's obviously more solemn. But even in a losing effort, he always takes the time to to give thoughtful responses. And it's something that I've always appreciated. So we are going to close the podcast with some audio from him. But I did want to mention just that, you know, this this loss, it stings because you missed a chance to make history. But where it really kills CSU is pretty much guarantees that the Rams are going to get locked in at that sixth seed. What that means is you're going to end up having to play on Wednesday. You avoid getting the bye. So if you end up winning the tournament, it means you have to win four games in four days, a tall task, regardless of who you end up drawing. The counter, of course, is that it kind of allows you to avoid San Diego State until the championship game. So from that perspective, maybe it'll work out. But, you know, UNLV just kind of they threw a wrench in some things when they upset San Diego State the other night. If the Rams would have also, Pulled off the upset, it would have gotten really interesting because when you look at the tiebreakers for the Mountain West standings, first is obviously head-to-head. Boise State holds the tiebreaker over CSU, so if they finish with the same uh, with the same record, Boise State's going to be able to hold that tiebreaker no matter what because they only played once. UNLV and CSU split, so you'd have to go to the next tiebreaker, which I was planning on being highest RPI ranking, which CSU actually holds the advantage, but that technically the second tiebreaker is record against the highest seeded opponent that is not involved in the tiebreaker. That would, of course, be San Diego State. UNLV, the only team in the conference that can win that tiebreaker because they're the only team that has beaten San Diego State. So that upset was huge. It completely changed the landscape of of what this field was going to look like going into the tournament. That said, the Rams still can earn that five spot. What needs to happen is they need to upset Air Force. They need Boise State to beat UNLV on Wednesday night. And then they need UNLV to lose to San Jose State on the road this weekend. It's possible, you know, like it as we saw San Jose State played hard against CSU, but they looked absolutely awful on Tuesday. They were down 51 to 14 to Utah State at halftime. Kind of feels like they've thrown in the towel at this point, so I wouldn't really hold my breath. You know, we've we've talked about throughout the season that no matter what ends up happening in the Mountain West tournament, you're going to have to beat some good teams. It just after a couple of these close losses, it's it's going to sting that CSU is going to have to go through the the gauntlet and play four games in four days. Like I said, there are some seeding arguments where you can make the counter that maybe it's not the worst spot in the world. If you play the four or five game and you win, you just end up playing San Diego State the next round anyways. So from that regard, I kind of get that the six seed maybe is better than the four or five seeding in terms of how long you get to avoid San Diego State. But I just winning four games in four days is so hard. It's so physically taxing that I think CSU really, really would have preferred to play that four or five game over over the six spot. But we'll just have to see how it all plays out. I'll obviously be in Vegas for it all, really excited for the Mountain West Tournament. Last year going in, everyone kind of knew that Utah State was going to run away with it. I did have a gut feeling that Fresno State might make some noise. I just, I had a lot of faith in Deshaun Taylor. I loved his game. I felt like Fresno State was kind of the sleeper that everybody wasn't paying attention to last year. This year, I mean, San Diego State is, they an arm and a leg above everyone else, but with two through six or seven just being so tight, I really think we have the potential for, you know, a little bit of anarchy, a little bit of chaos. So it should be a lot of fun. You should have a national audience. There aren't going to be a lot of, you know, other tournaments going on. Most, most leagues are still going to be finishing up their regular seasons. So we'll see, you know, it's a chance for the Rams to continue to, you know, make some improvement with this program and, and take it to the next level. At this point, I still feel like an NIT bid is still very much in play. I shared on Twitter the other day, some bracketologists actually had CSU right on the fringe. They had CSU, Nevada, um, and Utah State all making the NIT. So we'll have to see what ends up happening with that. But I'm, I'm very I'm very intrigued. I'm very excited. Always have a good time in Vegas. Should make for some great content. But we're going to wrap things up here just with some audio from Nico Carvacho talking about the fight that the Rams continue to show uh, both in this game against San Diego State and just on a game-to-game basis. Yeah, you know, uh, that's one thing I know about this team is no matter what, if we get punched in the face, we're going to punch our back and we're going to get back into it. We're never going to give up. Uh, we're going to keep on, continue to grind and, you know, get stop by stop and, you know, continue to play well in offense and just continue and buy uh, back.